Salute Nation. It's December 26, 2022, 11.45 p.m. on the East Coast, and it's currently 19 degrees out here in New York, episode 33. Before I get started with today's episode, I want to say um, I hope everyone had a great Christmas or holiday, however you celebrate it. Family time was great, even though, uh, you know, the East Coast got bombarded with, um, you know, the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but it was still, you know, it was still good. I feel bad for the people that lost power in this fucking cold. I'm thankful that I didn't. But the family had a good time. It was a good time. You know, it, it was a good time of just spending time with family. Of course, get, give it, getting gifts and receiving is always good, too. But, you know, it is what it is on that. So, uh. I kind of been um, hesitant on on talking about the Raiders right now. But um, this mess is not from one man. Carr is not the only blame. To this situation. But even though I say that. It is time to park the car. Because he's not the solution. A quarterback needs to be a leader. He has to be the prick. He has to be the asshole. He has to tell the coach, we're not running that. He has to lead with an iron fist. Or know how to communicate with a head coach that wants to try to lead with the iron fist. Let's let's list them. Let's list these greats. They don't have to necessarily win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, prick. Joe Montana, prick. Steve Young, prick. Dan Marino, prick. Jim Kelly, a prick. Dan Feltz, a prick. Rich Gannon, a prick. Plunkett, a prick. Stabler, a prick. Roger Staubach, a prick. Countless of quarterbacks have been pricks, and they've been good. And they've been leaders. Peyton Manning, prick. You have to. You have to be a fire sign to be a quarterback. Or a fire sign rising. (laughs) You just have to. You have to have that edge. And I'm not talking about having that quarterback edge, that 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 well that that fourth quarter comeback edge. I'm not talking about that type of edge. That's good quality that Carr does have. He hasn't shown it much this year, but he does have that. But it's not there's a stat, I can't remember the exact number, but it was 
it, it was terrible. It was like 12 or 15 wins against teams with above 500 record or at 500 record. Somewhere's around that marking. Now, is it true? I don't know. I didn't really give it full attention to it, but I, I remember reading it. He's terrible in the cold. That's playoff. He's terrible. And it's time to park the car. It really is. I mean, come on. We were up 10-3 in halftime. We still could have put more points up. Second half. We could have put points up, and we didn't. We got a goose egg. The defense played their hearts out. Giving up only one touchdown as well. And it was the closing minutes of it. Meanwhile, the offense putters and stutters because of their leader isn't much of a leader. The overthrows, the underthrows, the misreads. I'm not blaming the first interception he thrown all on him at all. That it hit um, Monroe right in the fucking numbers. And it bounced right out. But the one with Renfro, the second as well as the third one, I think the third one was to Renfro or around that area. Where Renfro had to turn back, you know, like it was behind Renfro, the second one. Partial blame is on Carr. Partial blame is also on Renfro because you touch it. You should have caught it. That's the rule. That's the rule that he would tell you. That's the rule that all receivers tell you. If you touch it, you caught it, or you're supposed to catch it. So that's why I give Carr half blame on that. Even though he over, you know, uh, threw it behind him, he he's the full reason why Renfro couldn't fully catch it, but he still touched it. So that's why I'll give him half. But the third one, all on car. And why? Just like the game, other games before, when we were we needed the offense to score to win because the defense gave the ball back to the offense to win. The offense choked. I mean, the defense choked a few times too when the offense scores, and you know, what I mean, and the defense, you know, couldn't stop the cold as well. But not in this game. When the opposite team is coming away with field goals, it is time your offense steps up and put up six. So now with this loss, 13-10 13-10 loss. Raiders are now 6-9. Not mathematically out. Even with the Chargers winning tonight, they're not mathematically out. 
weird, but it's that's what it is. <laughs> However, they still have to beat the 49ers. And as well as the Chiefs. But in this game, six and nine. 17 and 14 now, all time against the Steelers. Carr is two and two against them. One and two now in Pittsburgh. Carr, 16 attempts or 16 completions with 30 attempts. 174 total yards. One touchdown, three interceptions. Sacked three times for a loss of 31. Quarterback rating. 20.2. Average is 50. Just want to let you guys understand that quarterback rating, when it's 50, that means it's an average for the game. He was not even mediocre. Rating overall, 42.2. You want to be around 75 to 80. JJ, 15 total carries. In that weather, he needs to at least have 35, 38. 44 yards. 2.9 average. No touchdowns. 11 yards was his longest of the game. Waller, Renfro, four receptions each. Adams only had two. Waller, 58 yards. Adams only had 15. Renfro was the only touchdown. Adams had nine targets in the whole game. Renfro, seven targets. Waller, five targets. Talk about the defensive side. Masterson. Yeah, we that his last name re- reads it all. This, I think we got a stud here. Ten total tackles. Six solo. Team had zero sacks. Crosby, though, did have four quarterback hits. Perriman with that interception. Speaking of that interception, he intercepted it and Carr gives it right back. <sighs> Carlson. One for one on field goals. 40 the longest. One and one on extra points. Four total points. That's terrible. Not because of him. Because offense couldn't fucking score. Cole, four punts, 208 yards, 41.6 average, one inside the 20. 47 yards was his longest of the game. Pickett, I want you guys to understand, Pickett outplayed Carr. Look at the stats. Look at it. Look at Pickett's look at Carr. Pick it out, play car. 
Shame on you, a nine-year vet. Our offense failed. There's no excuse right now. There's no excuse. Carr isn't a leader. And it's time for a fucking change. Next up. Next game. 11 49ers come to Vegas to face the 6-9 Raiders. New Year's Day, 4.05 p.m. start. Yep. And 4.05 p.m. is the East Coast time, by the way, guys. Series tie seven apiece. Last game was in 2018. 49ers won that 34-3. Cars 1-1 one one against them. Prediction of this game, Raiders loss. <laughs> Raiders are going to lose. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry to say that. I mean, it hurts to say that, but I'm not sorry to say that. 49ers defense is going to eat us alive. I don't care if it's Carr back there or not. I don't care who's 49ers quarterback. Prudy, I think it is, or Purdy, or whoever. They don't need an offense against our defense. Or um, uh, they. W w <laughs> Let me rephrase that because our defense has been doing their job. I think our defense can stop them. I just don't think that our offense can score on them. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, it'll be great if we win. But I just don't see it happen. I don't see us beating the Chiefs either. I don't. Chiefs have, still have something to play for. They got the AFC seeding to play for. They're going to play everyone. And mentally, we're not that same team. We're not that same team when, when we last played them. We're not. We're not. Of course, this whole year, we really haven't been that, you know, mentally strong team. But it's time to park the car. It is. It just, it's time. It's time that we stop. hyping up this guy who's not a general. It's time to move on. Speaking of moving on, I'm done with talking to Raiders for this game or for this episode. I'm going to talk about the Irish right now. Coach Freeman says quarterback Tyler Buckner is likely to start in the Gator Bowl December 30th. Which is kind of good news. I mean, we kind of need a quarterback. Considering the guy that we used after Buckner went down. After the second game of the season. You know, decides to go into that portal. And gets picked up by I forgot who. 
I'm still sticking with the win for the Irish and the Gator Bowl. But I won't be shocked if they lose either. So, But I do like the process, and I like what Freeman has done this year. You know, I I, I, I like the future. And we got pretty good uh, signing class. Now, let's talk about the Bulls. I left off saying the Bulls will defeat the Knicks, and they did 118-117. That was in December 23rd, 14-18. and 18. Today, well, yesterday, it's now 12.02 a.m., So December 26th is the last uh, game. It was against the Houston. Houston coming in at 9-23. and They traveled to Chicago to face the Bulls. And Rockets crushed us. Rockets crushed my Bulls. 133-118. to 118. Next up for the 14-19 now, 14-19 Bulls. Is a home game against the second in the conference, second in the Eastern Conference, the 22 and 11 Bucks. And they played December 28th. Bulls won, are 1 and 0 against the Bucks this season. But I think the Bucks will get their revenge, and I think they're going to make the Bulls say, get the fuck out. Or, yeah, you know. Bucks are gonna win. Now, time for the Yankee talk. As of right now, the Yankees are still needing a left fielder, as well as bullpen, mainly you know a closer. The left field op- the left field options is still to trade for Reynolds, which is for me the best move. If they can get Reynolds, I I love the outfield. Keeping Hicks will be the worst. Or they could use the youngster, Cabrera, or even Staten, but Staten hasn't shown that he's healthy at times or for most of the season. Or Floral, which I'll be okay with, either all three primary at the left field spot. There are the three names, though, that remain in free agency. David Peralta, Trey Mancini, or Andrew McCutcheon. Peralta would be a better option just because he's a lefty, uh, uh, left-hander. I believe he's a left-hander. Left or switch. All three will be better than Hicks, of course. Shit, I forgot. One more option that would be a well welcome for me. And for the Yankees, that who I believe who are Yankee fans as well. A trade with Chicago Cubs for Ian Happ. He's a switch hitter. All-star in Golden Glove. Last season for the Cubs. His wins above 
a replacement. The war stat, 4.4. He's 28 years old. And he's a utility guy. He can play left field, right field, center field, third, second, first, shortstop. Hell, I think he even pitched a couple of times. I think he also catch as well. So that would be a good you know, trade if we can't get Reynolds. Pitching side, you know, the pitchers that added or returned already, uh, Ryan Weber, he's a right-handed pitcher, left-handed pitcher, Tanner Tolley, and Nick Ramirez, all three will most likely be in the minors anyways. So I want to talk about two names, well, three names, to just add a little bit more depth to the bullpen, and then I'm going to name a closer that the Yankees should or that I'll be okay with. Sergio Romero. Yep, I'm talking about the left-hand pitcher. 34, uh, not left-handed. He's a right-handed pitcher, but he's like 40 years old. I get it. He's old, and he hasn't been the same he was before for the last two, two years. But he's a veteran, and that means a lot. Another one is a left-handed pitcher. He's 34 years old. Jose Alvarez, mostly from, you know, the from the Giants. But he's a, you know, he's an option. For me, the closer I think should be brought back is Zach Britton. Left-hand pitcher when he's healthy is on. I know that's a big if. But, you know, you, you I we, we need a closer and I don't want Chapman back. So, I would go. I'd rather have Britain over that. Otherwise, I don't know. Obviously, you know, it's only December, and pitchers and catchers don't report to camp, you know, in, or to spring training until until February. So you got enough time to figure this out. And I haven't looked at the full roster of who's there already or still, you know. So yeah. So MLB news. I'm almost done. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit short episode. The Mets and Carrera saga. It's close to the same as the Giants, really. <laughs> the Giants were getting ready to sign them to a big deal and worried about their injury report. Giants snatched them up. It's going to sign them to a long-term deal. And and uh, now they are second-guessing of the injury report. Overall, I do think Carrera is going to end up with the Mets. I know there's some jokes that, hey, maybe the Yankees should sign him. No, Yankees stay far away. And this is nothing to towards his, you know, uh, what he brings, you know, to a playoff team and uh, what he brings to the lineup. No, I'm not talking about that. If he was healthy, Yankees go all in. But there's a reason why the Giants passed him up. And there's a reason why the Mets are having thoughts now. So there's something in that injury report and those injury showings and shit like that that is keeping teams from signing him. The cre- the agreeing of uh, of um, the contract or terms 
means that you know it, it there's a deal by verbal but until the injury reports the tests and stuff like that so that's why the giants didn't sign them that's why the mets souped in i don't know why the mets did that it just proves that you know they were thirsty but they still may end up you still have a choice i mean you play, if you go for a player and you can afford i mean i mean giants can afford it giants are a big market club they can afford it they could afford to say you know what? all right you may not be playing for us this year, but we're really not going to win the World Series anyways. Or, you know what I mean? The Mets are going all in on everything, it seems like. They're signing everybody. Almost. They can also, because they got deep pockets as an owner now. Sure, the Mets, I mean, the Yankees could decide, you know what? We don't care. We, <laughs> we got somebody to fill that spot while he heals up. We can eat his money too. But I don't want them to do that. But shit, if he was healthy, absolutely. Snatch him up. But yeah, I do think he's going to stay with the Mets or end up signing with the Mets in the long run. I just, I just, I just think that. So we've come to the end. Um, I would definitely come on before the first of the new year. So this is not the last episode. It's getting close, by the way, to my yearly anniversary of this podcast on Anchor and Spotify. I think I believe I started in January sometime. I think it was January 1st, my first episode. So it'll be one year of doing this. How do I feel about that? I feel pretty good. I enjoy it. I I definitely enjoy plugging in the mic and talking. It's no different than VC for those that are, you know, in Discord. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Or private chats, whatever, you know, term you want to use. Getting back to doing lives. I haven't done a live yet on my show or on my channel of YouTube. I don't know if I may. I still may eventually but i'm on everybody else's you know done dirties i've done eric's um so yeah so but anyways the project's coming up now there is no update still still remains the same on the business side of it with you know the the pod's it still remains the same of the shoot time of of estimate time of, of opening, you know, sometime in 2023, um, January still, um, places, you know, still the same as before. Um, but yeah, but, uh, project I'm going to do or next episode, I think I'm going to do my top games of video games that I want to play in 2023, what I'm looking into, as well as movies. Um, there's quite a few movies that I want to see in 2023 that has my interest, as well as a TV show um, that is on, will be on, I believe, HBO Max, which I'm waiting for because it's based off a game that I absolutely love. And 
so yeah, that's the upcoming. Um, and not so much my New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So this ends episode 33. Until episode 34. Salute Nation. <laughs>